Hello, and welcome to Shared Space, a podcast about the power of architecture and design to make us healthier, happier, and more connected. I'm your host, Erin Peavy, and I'm so glad that you're here with us. this episode, we're going to be unpacking what it means to have the built environment as a social determinant of health. A lot of people see health as the responsibility of clinicians, nutritionists, and other healthcare professionals. But it's become clear that although vitally important, clinical care makes up just about 10 to 20 percent of overall health. Yes, 10 to 20% of overall health. And that might be in part why the US has such poor health indicators in comparison to the rest of the developed world is because we're not focusing on these social determinants of health. And so the physical environment is an important factor underlying our health ecosystem. It influences how we think, feel, behave. And the United Nations and the World Health Organization have both identified better housing and neighborhood conditions as critical to reducing health inequalities. So the physical environment can be designed to enhance social connection by enriching people's lives on a daily basis, but especially this payoff shows up in moments of crisis. So those are things like the aftermath of man-made and natural disasters. That also includes what we're going through right now with COVID. And when people's reliance on their neighbors and local friends really becomes critical to our survival and to our thriving. So this report is not just suggesting that the physical environment is the answer to every challenge, but we want to talk about how it's often overlooked part of our lives. And the scientific community is showing how the built environment of all different types of scales is affecting our social health. So research shows that designers and urban planners can increase people's social capital in a place by increasing spatial designs that facilitate social interactions among residents. Early research indicated that the built environment in neighborhoods, such as porches or tree-lined streets, can promote neighborly conversations and even something like voter turnout. Yes, voter turnout blows my mind. This is because people are getting to know their neighbors more. They're walking on the streets and having these types of conversations, offering to help drive their neighbors to the polls. Furthermore, a large-scale systematic review of the scientific literature, which essentially just means taking a lot of well-documented research studies, pulling them together, and analyzing them to find key themes and trends and understand better what does the research actually tell us when you pull all of those studies together. So when we're looking at systematic reviews, we're starting to see that things like walkability, a sense of place, greenness, street design, and architecture all have the potential to increase social connection, integration of diverse people, social support, civic pride, social resilience, and social and political involvement. So we're gonna be unpacking throughout this series of episodes. What do we mean when we say walkability? What does sense of place really mean? And what does it mean to have greenness or nature embedded into our designs? But what we're really talking about here is the overall picture that, you know, 360 view. And what we know is that 
Many American communities have become car dependent and less walkable through zoning ordinances that have de-emphasized public transit and essentially all but banned mixed-use zoning and thus pedestrian-oriented neighborhoods. So what do we mean when we say a pedestrian-oriented neighborhood? This means a place where it's easy to walk, where you know the people that are walking are taking precedent. Um, it's safe, there's sidewalks, you're able to walk to your local grocery store, maybe to get a haircut or to your local cafe. So however, you know, with this, we understand that the research is showing that walkable neighborhoods have been linked to higher social capital, lower rates of depression, less reported alcohol abuse, and more physical activity. Oh my goodness. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So researchers have tied certain characteristics of the environment, such as, you know, house and street design, population density, that same mixed use of land, proximity to city center, and the number of communal spaces and the amount of greenery, all to improvements in a whole range of social health markers. And so what do we mean when we say social health markers? What we mean are things like social well-being, network size, trust, and perceived safety. So, you know, really these communities are feeling the pressure of urban sprawl and commuting is taking up more and more of the time that we used to dedicate to leisure, to hanging out with our family and our friends. In contrast, there's now a model that's looking at high rises and these rows of you know, somewhat cookie cutter apartment buildings or condominiums that popped up throughout cities like Seattle, San Francisco, and Dallas. And these are marketed as modern living. But what appears is that developers are not giving much thought to how these facilities are connecting with the rest of the urban fabric. How are these buildings featuring ways that people can connect or are they crowding out any shared space between neighbors and failing to offer a sense of welcome or scale? So that sense of scale can happen in the form of overhangs and trees and benches at street level that allow people to feel safe wherever they are. And this disregard for the surrounding environment may be partially to blame for an emerging body of research that's warning against adopting this development model. In addition, the popularity of door-to-door -door delivery services and virtual transactions, which I know we are all needing so badly right now with COVID, but this is also chipping away at the core of our humanity, this need for physical interaction with other people. And we're losing these intervals of our everyday life that get us to slow down and to bond with those around us. And this is the glue between the physical spaces that frame up our existence. And so we're gonna be unpacking what all of this means, looking at specific types of environments and what are frameworks that we can use to help to understand how we can design differently to support social health. So I hope that you'll stay with us and I hope that you'll listen to those future episodes where we really start to unpack what this means, where are some examples of where it's worked well, what it means for the physical environment, for policy, and for different programs. So wherever you are, you can impact the spectrum. You don't have to be an architect or a designer. The whole point is that each one of us has a role to play. And I hope that you'll listen and share your feedback because really this is meant to be a conversation and a dialogue. So I'd really love to hear from you. 
Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Shared Space. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to subscribe wherever you're listening and head on over to Apple to give us a review. It really helps to spread the word and we really appreciate it. I hope that your day is filled with honest emotion, kindness, and connection. Thanks so much and take care.